This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management. Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show. Sponsored by the SEC-registered investment firm, Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brent Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local radio stations right here in San Diego, providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts, Brent and Chase Woolsey. Well, good morning and welcome to Smart Investing Show. I am Brent Wilsey, and thank you for joining us this morning. I have been doing the Smart Investing Show here on uh, San Diego Local Radio for, gosh, over 27 years now. And if you have an investment questions or want a fundamental analysis on a stock you own or looking at buying, selling, or holding, please call in at 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And as always, that'll get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. Well, Chase is off today for a well-deserved vacation. He's up in uh, San Luis Obispo at a wedding, I believe, today is what he's doing. So it's just me taking the calls today. Uh, I do want to kind of refresh on what uh, happened some la uh, last week, some, some big items that came out. Uh, we always try to keep you up to, to tune what's going on. Uh, last week, uh, this past week, we had uh, GM and Nicola. They were both trading substantially high. They took a nice big jump there after the two companies, and I was shocked on this, announced a partnership. GM will get a $2 billion stake in the company, or just about 11%, and will become the exclusive supplier of Nokia's, not Nokia, Nikola's fuel cell uh, global, except for some trucks in Europe. I, I don't know how that came out, but most they're, they're going to be doing. Uh, GM will manufacture Nikola's Badger pickup truck by the end of 2022, and that will be here before you know it, and provide the company access to its parts as well as the battery technology. Now, I think that GM has unfairly been grouped with the old automakers in terms of valuations, but has remained ahead of the competition in terms of EVs, autonomous driving. Remember, they have that cruise division that's doing extremely well and developing partnerships that create synergies for them and their partners. Now, the CEO, Mary Barra, she's done a great job transforming this automaker at a time, has progressed, and I believe she's going to continue on this path. They also had a deal, I think, about a month ago uh, with Honda, her leadership as a CEO and the company's operational excellence paired with good valuations is why at Wilsey Asset Management, we continue to like GM. I think this is a company of the future. You probably could see some spinoffs uh, in the future as well. And I'm talking years down the road, but they're just building a really futuristic company with the autonomous driving. Uh, now with Nicola, uh, the Badger pickup truck, I think there's going to be more to come as the months pass on by. So GM a U.S. automaker really making strides going in the future. Uh, one that uh, was surprised this past week uh, when uh, Tesla got snubbed by the S&P 500. Uh, I myself was glad to see this because I don't think they should be in the uh, S&P 500 index anyways. I think it was a very smart move because you know, obviously everyone knows the stock is way over price. Is it going to go up or down? Who knows? But there's no doubt the stock is very, very pricey. And it's funny. I do remember back in uh, the 1999 when the index added Yahoo 
to the index at extremely high valuations. And boy, uh, did they get burned for that. That was just unbelievable. So I think the index, quote unquote, after, gosh, what's that, over 20 years, uh, has learned a lesson that, hey, you know, if a company is trading too high, yes, it may have the uh, criteria to come in the index, but let's make a judgment here saying Tesla could really be a problem, so let's not add it. And again, I think the cars are great, but the stock, very, very pricey. Also, to the um, uh, CEO, Elon Musk, very smart guy, but boy, he can be uh, unpredictable. I'll say it that way. So um, also, too, we love what's called the JOLTS report, and JOLTS stands for Job Opening Labor Turnover Survey. Uh, last week, as I said, I was looking forward to this JOLTS report, and gosh, it did not disappoint. Uh, job openings were estimated to stand at 6 million, but the actual number was 6.6 million jobs, easily topping those expectations. This, again, shows you that there are jobs out there. Uh, quits also way positive as they report an increase of 13.2% or 2.95 million people actually quit their job. Now, this is a positive because in a, a people in a tough work environment, they're not going to quit their jobs because they, they don't feel like another one. But almost 3 million people quit their jobs saying, you know what? I don't need this job. I can find another job. Uh, and it shows how confident they are in the job market. So with all the negative media out there, Economic reports are, uh, are a great way to look at and understand what is really going on. I do believe uh, that things are not as bad as the media is making it out to be. So it's something that you have to look at saying, look deeper than just what the media is saying. And I, and I, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of the media is biased. Uh, and I do remember back when I was younger, Walter Cronkite and, and I forget some of the other uh, guys, they would come on always dressed in suits and very serious and they would report the news what was happening they were not trying to create it uh unfortunately on news today when you watch some of these channels they're really trying to hype it up uh talk about things and actually downright i think sometimes i hate to say it but i think sometimes some of these uh, reporters actually lie just to make the big story so all right well let's open the phone lines here phone numbers here 866-577-2473 again that's 866 866- Five seven seven two four seven three, and as always, that'll get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. We're waiting for the calls to come in. Let's talk about uh, you know working from home is a, a big thing, and I'm sure y'all know that Reed Hastings is the CEO of Netflix. Well, in a recent interview with the Wall Street Journal, uh, Reed Hastings says he is not a fan of people working from home. He said he believes once a vaccine is released within six months, more people will be coming back to the office as before. He does, however, see a change from the five-day work week with employees coming to the office maybe just four days a week and one day as a virtual day from home. Uh, there will be time in the future to look at investing in office real estate investment trusts. I just don't think it's time yet because, uh, and it is funny, here in San Diego, you do see some of the um, uh, the building's still going on. I know Scripps Ranch is one going on. Uh, they're still building. The money is there to build them. I think we will come back. I do believe 2021 will be a whole different ball game when it comes to uh, where the economy stands and what's going on. Uh, I do believe that COVID-19 will be in the history books. It'll be behind us. 
there'll be something else. There's always something else that's going to kind of scare us, but just not the way this happened. The election for the president will be over at that point in time. All elections will be over. We can get back to business working at saying, okay, how are we going to build the economy? How are we going to do this? Uh, I won't make any election predictions here, but we do know it will be over. Uh, and I do have my favorite who I think will do better for the economy than the other one, but we won't discuss that right now at this point in time, since again, we're not a political show. Um, also, too, I did notice that uh, this pe- uh, past week also, Jamie Dimon, uh, he's the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. He was saying, I forget the exact date, he was saying that um, that uh, by, I think it was September 26, I believe it was the day he said, people are going to start coming back to the office. They want people back in the office. So that's a big change there that uh, they're going to do that. So, all right, uh, phone number is 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. Let's head up to Oceanside and speak with Blair. Blair, you're on the Smart Investor over in Chase. How can we help you? Hey, uh, good morning. Um, I just heard your uh, uh, position on that jolt report. Yes. Um, I, I'm a local employer up here in Oceanside, and we've got job openings, but we just can't find people because they're staying at home. They're not working. <laughs> what, what's, what's the feeling out there about that? It, it is a problem, and one thing that has not happened, which is, is good and bad, is the stimulus package has not been renewed. So before back, uh, before when it was at uh, August 1st, they were getting $600 extra unemployment on top of the normal employment. That is gone. So I don't know, and we have seen, I think that's why the employment went you know, down quite a bit, uh, the last report, but I don't understand why people are still sitting at home. I think more are you know, coming back to work. Um, I mean, do you have nobody applying for these jobs at all, or, or what, Blair? You know, uh, we put, uh, just like on the job boards, like Indeed, you know, all the ones that are out there, but we're just not getting the, the quality of person that we see out there that we used to be able to see. Hmm. We would put an ad out there a year ago, and we would get 30 or 40 people applying for it. They were qualified. Now we're lucky if we get one or two. Now, now And that's important. When you say qualified, what, what are you you're looking for here? Uh, we're looking for a skilled labor position, somebody that's got some experience and some applications uh, you know, in the appliance industry. Oh, okay. And and, and that is one thing that is a, a, an area that is tough because right now construction, uh, your field, that field is pretty uh, well uh, employed. I mean, and what has to happen is some people have to be retrained because there's a lot of people in the hospitality industry, waiters, uh, bartenders, uh, hotel workers, they're the ones that are out of, are out of jobs. They need to get retrained and I, it sounds like you do appliances is what you do, appliance repair? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if there is a, you know, like a course they can go to some college, like a trade college or something, and then, I don't know, six months or whatever, uh, kind of like bartending school, uh, go and get trained for, for your type of job. And that's what people have to do is you can't sit there and wait to say, okay, well, when is my job going to come back? It may never come back. But you've got jobs open, but you need people that know how to repair appliances. And I would be terrible at that, so, so I'm not very good at it. But you got to find those people, and people have to realize that. Uh, and, and I assume, Blair, they probably pay pretty well? Yeah, we're $15, $18, $20 an hour. So it's not not a uh, entry-level type position. We'll train them. It's just we just can't get a qualified person in the door. 
it, you know, it's funny you said you'll train them. I, I also see that uh, on these trucks, these big trucks uh, going by. I forget the name of the company, unfortunately, but I even see they have a big billboard on uh, Miramar Road say, we need drivers, we will train. I mean, it's, it's the point where employers, you, you've got the business, you need people to come in to be trained to learn how to do it, but they've, they've got to be, I, I know what you're saying, they've got to be a quality person that can actually learn. I mean, so you can't just take anybody. Right. You need somebody that's pretty smart. So, uh, well, well, Blair, let's go ahead in case somebody's listening to the show that says, you know what, I might be interested in doing that, or I know somebody that is. Uh, what's the name of the company, and how can they contact you? Well, we're A1 Delivery Company, and we're located in Oceanside, California. And you can go onto our website, and you can fill out an application there. And, and what's the website address? It's a1deliveryco.com. Oh, that's pretty easy. One more time. A1 delivery.co.com. All righty. Well, Blair, let us know if uh, you do get more people coming in because, again, it, we talk about this. There are jobs out there, but they are certain jobs. And, and again, a lot of businesses like yourself, if you come in and you're a quality person, I mean, you, you, you can't be, I don't know how to say this, you. You've got, you have to be trainable. I guess I'll put it that way to be nice. Yeah. Um, you can get a job. The jobs are out there. So thanks for calling, Blair. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck there. Bye-bye. All right. That opens the phone line, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And I got a comment. So nice to hear here in San Diego, calls like Blair of employers that are saying, yes, I have openings because I talked to other people. Oh, there's no jobs opening. And I found out they went, they, they put in one or two applications. You've got to go out there and look, you will find a job. Maybe it's not the job that you had before, but again, maybe it's a different job that's going to be exciting and new to you and you get paid more. So give it a try. All righty. Let's head out to San Diego and speak with Richard. Richard, you're on the Smart Invest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Good morning. Um, I was wondering what you thought about Valero. You had talked about it pre-COVID and um, spoke pretty highly about it. Okay. I own uh, about 50 shares of it, and the price has dropped again. So I was wondering whether it's a buy now. Okay. And, and just a comment on the energy side is that uh, oil inventories have risen again. Uh, and, and that's caused some problems because, again, we're still not quite using that. They started pumping more oil, uh, which has kind of backed things up again. I think we'll work through this inventory. Uh, we do see, and I'm sure you see as well, a lot more people on the road driving. We still do not have uh, as many planes in the air, nor do we have as many cruise ships on the, 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 the ocean yet. So that's going to take some time to get those on through. But I think, and again, it's always, we're always looking at a business, you know, where's it going to be, you know, 12, 18, 24, 36 months down the road. So let's take a look at the Valero Energy. Their symbol is VLO. We do see a PE ratio of 17.9. That compares to not material of the industry. So Valero does have earnings, which is nice to see. We do see a price to sales of 0.22 versus 1.06. That is fantastic. Uh, price to book value, 0.95 versus 0.89. And this means you're paying 95 cents on the dollar for the tangible assets of the company. That's a very strong number. And the price of cash flow for Valero checks in at 4.92 versus 2.75. Now, this is something that you're going to like holding the stock. The current yield on the dividend is 8.45%. Now, they do use 145% of their earnings to pay that out but that's because their earnings over the last 12 months have been so uh, low. I don't believe they're going to cut that dividend because they've got a lot of cash. 
uh, and I do believe earnings will be going up going forward. So people buying the stock now, you're locking in an 8% dividend. And Valero has a very good track record of growing their dividends. Actually, over the past five years, they've grown that dividend at about 28%. Now, looking at the sales, yes, we do see that sales were actually down 22.3% year over year versus the industry down 18%. We also see earnings per share decline by 56.8 <clears throat> when the industry is down 427. The balance sheet for Valero, you, you got to love it. You got a current ratio of 1.75 above the industry at 1.15. And also, too, their debt to equity is 64 versus 88. And that's why I'm saying I think that dividend is very safe. So you're locking in a very good yield because the company financially is very strong. Return on equity is 5.2, not very high, but the industry checks in at a negative 36.5. We do see net profit margin is 1.8. Industry is a negative 56.32. And then look at receivable turnover. We have a turnover of 15.1 over the last 12 months, well above the industry at 6.3. And inventory turnover also very good. 14.4 versus 9.46. Let's take a look at the earnings for Valero going forward here. Um, and and uh, how, how long ago did you buy it uh, there, uh, Richard? Um, I bought this probably four months ago. Four months ago. Okay. So, yeah. So, so you, you, you've got the short end here to where it's kind of come down quite a bit. Uh, we do see that the stock had a 52-week high of 101.99. The low has been 31. I'm pretty sure that was reached back in uh, probably March uh, when where the whole COVID hit and things just kind of collapsed on us. Uh, but let's take a look at the earnings going forward. We do see that the earnings going forward, based on the mean of 19 analysts, are $2.99. Uh, that's the average. Now, here's the big thing with Valero. You've got a low estimate of 37 cents. Somebody thinks that things are not going to turn around. But on the other side, you have a high estimate of $4.77. Uh, I do believe in 2021, you will see better times in 2022. Um, unfortunately, I do not have the numbers for 2022, but they're going to jump quite a bit. And also, too, the way we look at our companies is we will redo them uh, the first of the year because now the earnings will go. Because right now, we're looking at you know, December 2021. January, we're looking at December 2022. So that's going to change a lot of target prices. So I'm being very patient uh, with Valero. Um, also, too, looking at uh, their history on, on earnings, uh, they did have an actual earnings of $1.25 loss, which was better than the loss of $1.41. Uh, we also like to look at the trend of those earnings. They were at a high of $3.90 about 90 days ago. They've now fallen at $2.99. So again, the mean of the analysts are coming down with them. So I think you have to be patient with this company. Uh, I do believe you'll see things turn around. We are hearing more flights are going in the air. Let's also see what happens after the election. And then also, too, you have the holiday season coming up. And people, I think, will be flying home to see their families and flying to see friends and so forth. So I think it's going to be a slow move. Uh, Percentage-wise, uh, Richard, how much does it make up of your portfolio? Um, <clears throat> probably less than 1%. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you could add to it if you want to or just be patient. But, but gosh, that juicy dividend of over 8%, I mean, just imagine, and, and, and you know, where that's going to be, you know, two, three, four, five years down the road. If you get an 8% dividend, and I see no reason for them to cut that, that alone with no appreciating the stock is a pretty darn good return for you. All righty? Yeah, it's both the dollar cost average, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I think Valero is a great company. They've gone through problems before. Uh, I just don't see that. And again, keep in mind, they don't make money on drilling oil. They make money on the difference of the spread of what they buy the oil for. 
and what they um, process it for. So that's where they make their money. So oil can move up or down. It's what they make on the spread. Mostly the demand of gasoline and jet flu and so forth, which is a little bit low right now. But when that comes back up, uh, they can do very well, even if oil hasn't rebound back to the highs. So be be patient with it. And they're more they're more of a refining business, aren't they? Exactly. Yep. That, that's what they do. They they refine the oil. They do not drill for the oil. All righty. Right. Oh, thank you very much, Brent. Okay, Can I ask you one more quick question. Sure, sure. You were uh, talking about GM earlier. Uh, do you think they're going to reinstitute their dividend next year, possibly? I do. Um, I mean, I, I think they're doing far better. I mean, car sales are great. I had a, a, a client that I talked to yesterday. He wants to buy a, a, a new truck. He's got Chevy trucks, and he goes, there's none in the showrooms. He goes, they can't make them fast enough for the way people are buying them. So I, so I think we could see, I, I, I'll be aggressive here and say that, yeah, I, I, I think we could see the dividend reinstated by, by the first part of 2021. And, and that'll be a nice dividend, I think, as well. Especially if you bought the okay. stock at, you know, 15, 20, or 22, you're going to get a nice yield on that GM as well going forward. All right, great. Thank you very much, Brent. Appreciate it. Okay, Richard. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. All right. That is open to the phone line, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's head up to Orange County and speak with Mike. Mike, you're on the Smart Investor with Brent Chase. How can we help you? Great. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, sure. I've been watching uh, the drug pharmaceutical company, uh, AbbVie. Mm-hmm. It's uh, ABBV. Um, it's dropped down a little bit this with this last fall. Wondering if it's a good purchase point. Uh, the dividend is uh, pretty nice on it, too. Okay. Yeah. And it's so nice because right now, because some stocks are down, and if they pay that dividend or did pay a dividend, we'll go back to doing it. People are going to get some great yields for the long term if they just locked it in now. So let's take a look at AbbVie Incorporated, symbol is A-B-B-V. Good start here, uh, Mike, because we've got a P-E ratio of 19.7, which is not material for the industry. So that means the industry is having problems, but AbbVie is actually making money. We do see price of sales, 4.4 versus 9.3. Unfortunately, price of tangible book value, not material versus 11.4. So that means they have some type of goodwill or, or some type of intangible assets on their balance sheet. You want to know what those are because you want to make sure that they're not going to be written down because that could hurt the company in the future. Usually with a drug company, it's because they bought some other drug company or some other drugs, but understand what those intangible assets are to make sure they won't be a write down in future months or years to come. And then lastly, price of cash flow looks good. 15.6 versus not material for the industry. Now you do see a nice dividend here. You're correct of 5.3%. Uh, they use 104% of their earnings to pay that out, but I would venture to say their earnings are probably down this year. I'd look more of a normalized earnings to see what they'll be for next year. That will tell you if the dividend is safe. Also to look at the cash flow of the company because if they have good positive cash flow. It also tells you that dividend is safe even though right now they're paying out more than their earnings were for 2020 here. Uh, We do send the sales. They're looking pretty good, up 11%, same as the industry. Earnings per share for the last 12 months, year over year, they were up 63.8% when the industry was down 44.6. I would want to know how do they grow their earnings by 64% when sales are only 11%. You want to understand that number as well. Unfortunately, I just looked at the balance sheet, not looking so good, kind of worries me here. You got a current ratio of 0.9 versus 3.7 for the industry. So the 0.9 is not too bad, 
But what worries me is I see debt to equity of 594 versus 45. Now, is their equity so low? Is their debt so high? This you wanna understand as well, because that's a big debt, and you'd hate to invest in this company with a low and current, current ratio, and all of a sudden, for some reason, they can't pay their bills. You could see this company go into bankruptcy, and they would move very quickly. So you wanna understand their debt situation based on these numbers. It does not look very good. We do see return on equity is 224.8 versus negative 22. Now that kind of tells me maybe they have low equity because if they have normal debt and low equity, that would make a debt to equity much higher. But again, you wanna understand both the debt and why the equity could be so low. Net profit margin, 19.2 versus a negative 30 for the industry. And then we do see receivable turnover is 5.2 versus 4.7, and inventory turnover 3.3 versus 2.2. Uh, let's take a look at the earnings going forward. And you said you, you didn't buy this yet, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I've been watching it for a while, and it has come down in the last two weeks uh, a decent amount, just trying to find out what would be a good purchase point. Yeah, yeah. let's take a look at the earnings here and see what we can see. Now, we, we do see for the last uh, 52 weeks, uh, the high for the stock was $90.34. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that no, uh, $101.28. The low has been $62.55. It is at $89.70 on Friday was the close. Uh, let's take a look at the earnings going forward on AVV. Uh, symbol again, ABBV. We do see based on the mean of 16 analysts, you have earnings of $12.11. The low estimate is $11.37. The high is $12.70, and that's pretty good because they're pretty tight. Let me see what the target sell price would be on this uh, based on uh, what we use is we use a 16.2 multiple, which is conservative. Uh, let me see what we come up with. Uh, 196, so that's a big positive there. Let me see some trends here too to see what they're, they're doing here. Uh, their estimates, uh, last quarter, 234, they beat that one. They beat for the last four quarters on their estimates, so that's a positive. Sometimes I'll tell you that could be a negative because what it means is that if you keep passing and surpassing with surprises, and then for some reason they, they miss or they come in what the estimate was, the stock can falter. So you want to be careful of that. Uh, the earnings 90 days ago uh, for the year ending uh, 2021 were 1171, now up to 1211. So that's a positive. So I I like the company. I think it's worth looking into. But again, I'm concerned about the debt, concerned about the equity, and concerned about the current ratio. If you're going to get to those and see they have good positive cash flow, um, you might be okay. But I, I I don't like buying high debt companies because they can be a problem. If and, and depending on what Abvi does. There could be a problem that their drugs don't make it or they have one that gets delayed by by the FTC. Um, that could really hurt the company. They could be forced into bankruptcy. So check in the depth, death side of the balance sheet there. Already? Yes, great. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Okay, Mike. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That does open up the phone line. 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And before I go back to the calls, I just remembered, like, gosh, we got a workshop coming up on September 17th. That's next Thursday already. Uh, now, again, this is a webinar, so you can tune in anytime you want to. We actually run it from 10 in the morning till midnight. So if you get off work at 6 o'clock, you want to watch it, you can. Now, the webinar, we're going to talk about 
why value investing? Why have I been doing this for 40 years and really like it? Because it gives you something to hold on to. We'll talk about that, why value investing. Also, too, what you may not know about mutual funds and ETFs. And this one people always love. 19 thoughts that lead to your underperformance. So it is free. It is Thursday, September 17th. Starts at 10 a.m. to midnight. You need to register. Go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. Uh, you'll enjoy it. You'll learn a lot about it. You might hear the show saying, well, what is he kind of talking about? What does that mean? What does that mean? That's why we do the webinars. So you understand more of how we manage our uh, portfolios and how we do uh, the radio show here. So again, website smartinvesting2000.com for the webinar Thursday, September 17th. All right. Phone numbers again, 866 577 2473. That's 866 577 2473. Let's head up to Temecula and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Vestal, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, Brent. Good morning. Good morning. Um, hey, so some of this conversation is near and dear to my heart because, um, you know, I've been looking at um, GM and oil, uh, and oil both and um, a little disappointed that GM, you know, took away their dividend. But if they're investing it, like, you know, you said, and maybe some of these attractive acquisitions or partnerships, that's going to be uh, good for the long haul. Um, and, you know, with the oil situation, um, I, you know, I, I, um, I bought Valero back uh, at the dip at like 33. So I've got a great effective dividend of around 11, 12%. And I also bought mobile at $40 and it's down to 37. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about maybe tax harvesting that because when I bought mobile, I was looking at Chevron and Phillips 66 both. And I'm just wondering um, about Phillips 66. I, I kind of almost put that in the same vein as Valero. Right. Um, and, and I'm wondering if uh, you could kind of do an analysis on, on Phillips 66. Um, they're doing some, some non-oil things as well, which is interesting. So it'd be great to get your perspective. Uh, and do you have the symbol for that one? Uh, TSX. Okay. And I think that's uh, it's a foreign uh, company. And unfortunately, with Chase not here, I, I don't have the time to kind of jump around. Uh, but I will tell you, you did mention uh, Chevron which I think Chevron, uh, based on what I've seen, I mean, it, it has fall. Uh, I think Chevron could be the better buy than, than Phillips, especially if you already have uh, Valero, because you said Phillips 66 does more refining. Well, if you already got Valero, you may want to look at a company like Chevron because they do other things as well. And I don't see oil going away, you know, tomorrow. And people forget that with oil, it's not just in cars and airplanes. It is used in asphalt. It's used in chemicals. It's used in perfumes. It's used in many different things as well. So it's not going to go away to, oh, because electric vehicles, we're not going to have oil anymore. So uh, I would say, and again, if you want, I can look at uh, Chevron for you because I can't do Felix yeah. uh, 6 So yeah, let's take a look at yeah. uh, Chevron for Chevron you. Chevron would be great. Okay, and, and I think. And to your point, I, I agree, you know, uh, in some of my travels worldwide, a lot of countries are so far away from electric vehicles. Um, they just don't have the infrastructure, the electric infrastructure to be able to, to go to that for many years to come. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. Okay. Chevron corporation, their symbol is CVX. Uh, we do see no PE ratio, no surprise there. Cause they are an oil driller. They do have a refinery as well. They have a lot of different things. Um, also a lot of gas stations as well. Uh, we do see that the price of sales is 1.3 versus 0.3. That's very expensive. Price of tangible book value is 1.1 versus 0.13 for the industry. And we see price of cash flow 6.3 versus 0.68. Uh, 
Now, it appears they still are paying a dividend of 6.6%, which is pretty lofty. They have no earnings, so right now they have to borrow to pay that dividend. We do see year-over-year -year sales are down 24.9%, industry down 24 Earnings per share for Chevron, uh, Chevron fell by 161 uh, The industry was actually up 3 so that looks bad there. But you got all of the balance sheet of Chevron. They got a current ratio of 1.2 versus 0.9 for the industry and debt to equity of only 25 versus 51 for the industry. Now, return to equity is a negative 6 versus a negative 9.7 for the industry. We do see net profit margin a negative 7.7 versus a negative 24. We also see receivable turnover very good 10 versus 5.6 and inventory turnover 10.3 not quite as good as the industry at 32.64. Uh, let's take a look at, uh, okay, now where did my, uh, shoot, did I lose uh, my four things here? There we go, all righty. Um, let's see where, where it stood, uh, what it closed out on Friday. Okay. Uh, Chevron symbol CVX, they closed at $77.69. Uh, we do set their high for the year is 125.27. I know, I think it was just a couple months ago, they got pretty excited about it. It was up to over 100. The low is 51.60, so you're about the mid-range there. Taking a look at uh, their earnings, what they're projecting going forward. Gosh, the computer is really pretty slow here this morning. All right, going out to next year, December 2021, earnings of $2.91. Uh, let's use our multiple of 16.2. Uh, yeah, see, that gives us a target sell price of 47. So I think we have to look out one more year, and I don't have those here with me. Uh, but I think you'd have to be waiting probably till eh, probably the year 2022 to get any benefit from the oil companies now. Uh, we do see their estimates. They have missed badly. Uh, the last one, they missed their estimate by 72%. They're supposed to earn a 92 cents, a loss, $1.59. But prior to that, they surpassed all their estimates. And the trend of those estimates are actually up uh, three days ago, 90 days, 90 days ago, I'm sorry. Uh, the estimate for December 2021 was $2.15, is now two ninety one. So I, I think Chevron is the better deal out of all the oil companies. Uh, they got a nice clean balance sheet. You've got some good earnings there. Uh, and I think you'll see those earnings rise a lot more. So And, we, and this is September already. We're going to see December 2022 earnings uh, in just a few months. So I think if you want to play the oil sector, going from Chevron, I'm sorry, going from Exxon to Chevron, I think it'll make some good sense there for you. Okay, great. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking, and uh, I'll just pass it over. So that's great. All right. Well, sounds good. Thanks, Brett. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Thanks for calling, John. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. righty. That does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. Let's go out to Terrasana and speak with Doug. Doug, you're on the Smart Rest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you out? Hey, Brent. Um, I was looking at the uh, CBS, the drugstore company. Uh, do you hold that or looking to buy that? No, looking to buy. Okay, and one thing about CBS is that uh, they, they do have, I think, Aetna is the uh, insurance company that they bought, the health insurance company that they, they bought, which I like that. Uh, they also have, which I think is a great idea, is the Minute Clinic inside. Have you been in there to see those, uh, John or Doug? No, for, no fortunately, I've, you know, we're, we're with the Sharp Health System and their, their urgent care system is, is, is nice and robust. 
But yeah, you're right. And I think are they also running the the, the minute clinics at Target? That I don't know. I've not not been on Target in a long time. I do go to CVS quite a bit. I I like CVS. Uh, did go in. Uh, what was it? Uh, I, th- I think. Uh, Thursday night, I think it was, and they were kind of empty. My, my fiance goes, do you really want to invest in this company? I go, well, I said, this is just part of it. Plus, it's like 1030 at night. So you don't expect a lot of people in there at oh, 1030 yeah, at night. Yeah. So, um, but I kind of like the concept there. So let's take a look at the numbers here, see what they look like, and then we'll talk more about the company itself. Coming again as a CVS Health Corporation, symbol is CVS. A great start here. PE ratio is 9.1 versus not material for the industry. Price of sales, 0.28 versus 0.13. Unfortunately, no price to tangible book value, the same as the industry. And I'm pretty sure it's probably because when they bought Aetna, they probably picked up a lot of goodwill, which is a not a tangible asset. But back to the price of cash flow, 5.9 versus 6.1. That is a positive. And you do get a decent dividend here from CVS. It's 3.5%, and they only use 32% uh, the earnings to pay that out. So I, I like that dividend. Seems to be pretty uh, pretty safe there. Uh, sales are up 16% year over year, well above the industry, up 4.7. Earnings per share year over year for the last 12 months for CVS climbed at 82%. Industry was down 140%, but you want to understand, well, wait a minute, how do they increase earnings at 81% growth when their their sales were up 16%, you got to understand how they did that. Was it terrible earnings the previous year? Did they sell an asset? what is going on, understand why those earnings were so high. Like seeing the high earnings, but still you want to understand why. We do see a current ratio of one, same as the industry. Debt to equity, 105 versus 103. So it's not it's not a great debt to equity, but it's not a bad one. But you want to understand the debt. Is the debt rising? Is it increasing? Understand where that debt is going. And also, too, for the big acquisition of Aetna, I think that debt actually probably looks pretty darn good. Uh, we do see return on equity 12.8 versus a negative 7.8 for the industry. We see a net profit margin of 3.1 versus a negative 0.44. And then receivable turnover is 21.7 versus 15. Inventory turnover 10.2 versus 11.83. Let's take a look to see where CVS closed on Friday and what the high is and what their earnings are going forward. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the computer's kind of slow this morning. All right, so we see they closed at $57.40 on Friday. The high for the year, $77.03. The low, fifty-seven. Uh, I'm sorry, $52.04. So they're pretty close to that low, which in my opinion makes it pretty attractive based on the numbers we're seeing so far. Let's take a look at the earnings going forward and see if we can come up with a target price for you as well. Um, here we go. All right, so there's about 26 analysts that follow this. Now, they give this an average estimate of earnings. I'm double-checking this number. It looks pretty high, $7.53. If I take a multiple of 16.2, that gives me a target sell price of 122. So that's that's very attractive. Uh, The low estimate is 731. The high is 775. So that's a pretty good estimate they have there. Uh, We do see the... uh, History of the estimates, uh, they surpassed the last four quarters. Last quarter, the estimate was $1.93. They did $2.64. That was a surprise, a 37%. That is good. And the estimate for the last nine days has not changed at $7.53. But I, I like what I'm seeing here. Um, I, I just The only thing I saw uh, here, Doug, I'd, I'd want to see how did their earnings grow by so much 
or how they, you know, 83%, I think it was. So, but, but I think this company is definitely worth the research. And you do have to remember there's an election coming up. Uh, will either one of the candidates, are they going to be tough on health insurance? Because I think that's a big benefit for CVS now. If either one of the candidates, you know, want to turn against, you know, health insurance companies, that could be the wild card down the road. All righty. Okay, very good. Thanks. Okay, thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay. Alrighty, that does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. Let's head out to San Diego and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Investor, Brent and Chase. How can we help you? Hi, Brent. Can you hear me? Uh, we can't hear you, John. How you doing? Fine. I wanted to know about the company Synaptics. The symbol is S-Y-N-A. Okay, and do you hold that, John, or, or looking to buy it? Looking to buy it. Okay, let's take a look at uh, Synaptics, Synaptics Incorporated, symbol is S-Y-N-A. Uh, P.E. ratio, well, about 24 versus 23.7, a little bit higher than I'd like it to be, but it is about the same as the industry. Price of sales, 2.1 versus 0.6 with the industry. That's expensive. Price to tangible book value, 7.6 versus not material. And price of cash flow is 13.9. That is much higher than the industry at 7.1. Now, we do see that the sales were down 9.4%. Uh, the industry is only down 1.5, so that's not good. What could be attractive here is the earnings per share climbed by 600% when the industry was down 37. But again, sales were down for the company, for the industry. Earnings are down for the industry. How did this company come up with a 600% gain on the earnings. You got to understand the answer to that question, John, because it could be they sold an asset and it's really not from operations. They just may have sold a building and they're, therefore you think they're doing well when they're, they're not doing well. They're the, supposed to have a new, had gotten a new CEO or something in the higher management that's turning the company around, I read. That's why. Okay. But it doesn't give you the answer on the earnings because, again, a new CEO would not come in and automatically have a gain of 600% in earnings. That's something that he – now, again, maybe he said, you know what? We got this building over here that we're not using. Let's sell that building. Well, that's going to show his earnings on the, on the income statement, but it's not from operations. So you want to understand those earnings. A new CEO can be great, but you got to understand why earnings are up 600%. The balance sheet looks pretty good here. You got that current ratio of 4.4 versus 1, so a lot of liquidity there, which is good. Debt to equity, 71.6, well below the industry at 247. That's a big positive because they don't have much debt compared to this industry they compete in. And, John, what does this company do? Do you know? Mm, not really. No. Electronic something, I, okay. I don't know. Okay, and that's very important to understand what the company does because I'll, I'll just give an example. They could be making uh, some product for for Apple, and they may, you know, maybe 50% of their earnings come from this one product that they're selling Apple. Well, if Apple says, eh, we don't need you anymore, we're going to use somebody else, the company would fold. So you want to understand what the company is doing and also to who their customers are that they're selling to. Make sure they're not concentrated just on one or two companies because business things can change and you can be the star today and tomorrow they can drop you and all of a sudden you've lost 25, maybe 50% of your revenue. So understand what the business does and who the, their customers are. The net profit margin looks good, 9.1 versus 2.4. Receivable turnover is 6.3 above the industry at six and inventory turnover is six. That is below the industry at 7.9. Let's take a look at the uh, earnings and where the uh, uh, stock closed on uh, Friday. 
Uh, got to report the symbol in here. S Y N A is a symbol. Uh, we do see that on Friday, the stock closed at $80.52, so up about $0.49. Cents. The high for the year has been uh, $92.32, but the low has been $37.07. So the stock is up a fair amount from the low. That could be a danger sign as well. You could be the guy buying it on the higher side. Let's take a look at the uh, earnings here to see what they tell us. If there's uh, We're not paying too much for the earnings for the company. We only got nine analysts that follow it. They say for the year ending... December, well, it could be a, a, a fiscal year because I see next year, 2022. So that generally tells me it's a fiscal year, not a calendar year, but I don't know the month that that would be. But those earnings of $7.12, if I put that multiple of 16.2 on it, uh, I get a stock price of $115. So that gives us enough growth there to say it's worthwhile. Uh, let's take a look at the earnings a little bit deeper. Uh, actually, the low estimate is 643, the high is 807. We also see that they have surpassed their earnings estimates every quarter for the last four quarters. The last one, they were estimated at 106, came at 124. So that's a positive. The earnings over the last 90 days have risen quite a bit. 90 days ago, the earnings estimate was 530. As I said, now it's 712. So that's a big jump. So you want to be careful that that it you know is good. As I said, that, that they're pretty tight on those earnings with the uh, low being, well, not as tight as I thought they were. 643 is a low, 807. So it doesn't give me that much comfort those earnings. Um, it, it's worthwhile. I mean, I like what I see here. It's worth the research, but you got to find out what this business does and who their customers are. All right, John? Okay, great. All right, well, thanks for calling. Okay, thanks, Brent. Okay, have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, let's head up to San Marcos and speak with DeWitt. DeWitt, you're on the Smart Invest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, happy Saturday to you. It is a great Saturday, isn't it? It really is. Calling about uh, Ford Motor Company. Um, I'm just a, I just think it's a substantial old company. I just can't imagine it going belly up anytime in the near future, and the stock's pretty low right now. So I've been accumulating um, since March uh, till now. I've got about 2,000 shares, and uh, I'm wondering what you think about the future of it. Okay, and, and we can't say that, well, we can't say going under, because remember, GM did go under uh, back in the, uh, uh, when was that, uh, 2000, I think they actually filed bankruptcy. I think it was like 2008. It was the actual filing of the right. bankruptcy. So we, we don't ever say that, like, oh, it could never happen to them. And and Ford, they seem to be trying with the, the EVs and so forth. They just don't seem to have a lot of exciting things going on. But let's take a look at the numbers to see if it is worthwhile. Coming again is Ford Motor Company. Symbol is F as in Ford. Unfortunately, unlike GM, no PE ratio, which means no earnings over the last 12 months. We do see price to sales is 0.21 versus 1.75. That's a positive. Price to book value, 0.89 versus 6.4. Only paying 89 cents on the dollar for the tangible assets. That's pretty positive. Price to cash flow, 5.7. That's very good compared to the industry at 18.4. So the valuation ratios look pretty good, except I would like to see some earnings there for the company. They do not pay a right. dividend either. I don't know if they'll reinstate their dividend. I, I do think GM will do it probably in January. I don't know about Ford. Let's see if we can find more to see if we can get any information on that. Now, their sales are down 17.8% uh, versus the industry down 17. Earnings per share fell by 200% when the industry was down 125. So not as good as the industry in a difficult time frame. We do see the current ratio is 1.3. 
same as the industry. Debt to equity, 568 versus 269. Now that sounds terrible, but people have to remember with car companies, they actually carry the paper for the loans of, of, of their customers. So that makes their debt to equity look much worse. You actually have to go to the 10Q, which actually breaks that out and tells you how much is receivable debt for their cars they're selling versus their own debt. And that's a very important number because if uh, Ford Motors does have a debt to equity of 200 just on their borrowings, that's a, a major problem. So you, you want to understand that number. Return to equity is a negative six versus a negative 2.8. Net profit margin, a negative 1.6 versus a negative 0.8. And we do see receivable turnover looking very good, 13 versus 2.8, and inventory turnover 11 versus 8.5. Let's see what Ford Motor closed on Friday at. Uh, closed at $7. It was up about $0.09 cents on Friday. The 52-week range, not a big range here. The high is 960 The low has been 396 So it's not. It's, it's actually closer to the high than it is to the low. So it's not dropped quite as much as I think we maybe would, would have liked here. Uh, let's take a peek at the earnings and see what they're telling us here and how many analysts we have that are actually looking at the company. We have 18 analysts that give it an average estimate of 71 cents. And if I put a multiple of 71 cents times 16.2, I get a stock uh, target sell price of 1150. Uh, we do see that the high range uh, for the estimates, $1.01, the low 16 cents. Uh, so that's a pretty big range. Does not make me feel that comfortable with that uh, 71 cent estimate. We do see that the uh, earnings history, uh, they did surpass it. They really blew it out of uh, the water last quarter. The estimate was to lose $1.17. They only lost $0.35, cents, but they have missed the previous two quarters to that by a, a miss of 91% and 20%. So they got to be careful of those earnings being all over the board. And then let's take a look at the trend of those earnings. Uh, 90 days ago, they were $0.44. Cents. Uh, they did raise it about a week ago to 71 cents. So that's a, a recent uh, upgrade there. So I, I, I just, you got to understand more about Ford. I know a lot about GM. I know about their crews. I know about their, their EVs. We know now that they have a, a deal with Honda. I don't see Ford in the news very much doing anything exciting, which worries me that they could still be the old line company that, you know, there's just so many things going on out there. If they don't do something, they could be left behind. And I'd hate to see that because they are a U.S. automaker, a big one, obviously, for us. And I remember growing up, I used to love Ford. But uh, right. as an investment goes, I'm, I'm not comfortable at this point in time saying, yes, Ford is a buy. All righty? All right. Yeah, I appreciate the time. All right. Well, thanks for calling. You have a good one. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's head out to Coronado and speak with John. John, you're the Smart Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you out? Yeah, hey, Brent. Tell you what, looking at an old uh, San Diego standby there, Qualcomm. Okay, and did you hold that in your portfolio or looking to buy it? No, I hold it. was maybe thinking about adding a little bit more. Um, you know, the dividend looks okay. The earnings, uh, profit margins, just kind of wondering what you think. Okay, and, and they've done a great job, I'm going to say, over the last year or two. They really turned things around. There was a time that things were kind of dicey for them. And I can't right. remember the name of the company that was what they were trying to buy. And things are, they really looked, it was, it was terrible at the time. And we actually held Qualcomm. We sold it because I wasn't sure what direction it went. I'm glad they turned things around. Let's see if now at the current price is still a buy. Coming again as Qualcomm Incorporated, symbol QCOM. We do have a high PE ratio of 48 versus 30. Price to sales is high, 6.4 versus 2.7. And price of tangible book value, not material which is the same as the industry. 
Price of cash flow is 31. That's well above the industry at 11.6. We do say they pay a dividend of 2.3%, but they do use 107% of their earnings to pay that out. And that's kind of surprising to me because they seem to have done pretty well. But, well, let me look at the revenue growth. It's not that well. Uh, sales are down 2.6% year over year, industry up one3 and earnings for Qualcomm fell by 15.6 when the industry was down 16. So that's a decline in their earnings. And I think what a lot of Qualcomm is basing on is perhaps the 5G going forward. Their balance sheet, gosh, they used to have a nice balance sheet. The current ratio is 1.97 versus 1.8. And debt to equity, 482 versus 81. I, I'd, I'd really want to look at that balance sheet because that just seems very strange for Qualcomm. It could be correct. Perhaps their equity went way down and their debt way up, but that does not make me feel uncomfortable having a debt to equity of almost 500%. Uh, return on equity is 63 versus 14. That's a, a possible sign that the equity could be very small. And, and keep in mind, when a company buys back their stock, they use their cash as an asset which can reduce their equity. So you got to understand how they got to that level. They could have been doing a, a lot of stock buybacks over the last year or so. That, that could be another thing as well. Receivable turnover, 13.9 versus 5.2. That's positive. Uh, inventory turnover is 4.2 versus 6. Uh, let's see what the stock closed at on Friday. Um, and you said you, you did hold it, John. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do hold it. I assume you're up in it now. Is that correct? Well, you know, it, it goes back you know, 15 years. Okay. Well, you're definitely up on it then, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, they did close at $113.42 on Friday. Uh, we do see the 52-week range. We had a high of $123.93 and a low of 58 So I think what I was talking about was probably about a year ago. And it got very scary when they fell down. I remember them falling below 60 We thought, should we buy it? Uh, I just couldn't get my arms around what they were doing. I, again, I'm glad to see they turned it around. Disappointed that I couldn't see something better to buy them at 58 or 60 uh, Let's see what the analysts think about this company going forward. Uh, let's see how many we got here. We've got probably quite a few. Yeah, we've got 26 analysts. And they say the average estimate going out to December 2021 Six dollars and forty cents. I know that's going to be below the current price. If I take a six forty times sixteen point two, yeah, that gives me one hundred three sixty eight. So it looks like it's fully fully valued to us. And that sixteen point two is the average over the last forty years. It is a conservative number that we use, uh, but just gives us some guide there. We do see the earnings not quite as tight as I like as well. The low estimate five sixty one, the highest seven twenty seven. Uh, I do want to see uh, also if they've been beating the estimate, and they have. They beat the estimate over the last four quarters. The most recent quarter, they beat by 21%. Uh, they, they were estimated to earn $0.71. Cents. They actually earned $0.86. Cents. And then the trend of those earnings, um, where are they? Okay, 586 is what was expected 90 days ago, now 640. So that's going the right direction. So um, I definitely wouldn't buy it at this. I mean, you've held it for 15 years. Um, I should tell you, go ahead and sell and get out of it, but I know you won't because you've had it for so long. It is over the target to sell price. I think it could be pushing up at the top here. Uh, I don't know mm -hmm. what they'll do for an encore. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe I'll look at that. Maybe I'll look at Bolero. There you go. Yeah, I mean, maybe take a little bit off the top of Qualcomm. Uh, Percentage-wise, how much does it make up of your portfolio, John? Oh, I'd say it's about maybe 4%. Oh, okay. So I, I was hoping maybe it was like a 8 10% or something. I'd say, eh, maybe pair it back a little bit, but a 4%. I mean, if it does pull back, it's not going to destroy your portfolio. But based on a conservative estimate, it is kind of pricey. And in this market... 
it is kind of strange, it is, and I, I don't think going forward it's going to be favorable to the high valuation companies. Not that Qualcomm is that high. I mean, you're probably trading at maybe maybe 18 times earnings, maybe, which is not outrageous compared to some at you know 50, 60. Um, but you may not see much over the next 12 months in returns for the company unless they do something phenomenal that we don't know they're, they're going to come out with. So, already. All right. Sounds good. All right, John. Well, thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, Bye bye. All right. Well, I got to apologize to David on the light side. I, I will not have time to go to you today. Please call in uh, next week. Uh, we'll get to you. I also had an email here that I wanted to get to. I guess we, we have it for a while without uh, Chase here. It's a little bit hard uh, for me to kind of control everything, but I had one from Rudy. Uh, he wanted to talk about gold, so we'll try to talk about that next week for you. Uh, always enjoyed doing the Smart Investing Show here in San Diego. Again, I've been doing it for 27 years, uh, hoping that we're helping people understand how true investing is. This is a very difficult time uh, in the market because a lot of the high flyers seem to be readjusting. The big question is, will they come down and people buy and they go back up, or is this the beginning of the end where they'll come back down to a normalcy because things in the economy and the environment are changing. So be very careful buying those high flyers. And I always tell people, yeah, we don't buy them. And yes, I know that Amazon has, you know, gone up, I don't know, thousand percent or something. But the thing is, I've seen doing this for 40 years, I've seen people buy companies like that at the wrong time or they keep adding to it. And it really hurts your overall performance in your portfolio. So we do stick and recommend you stay with the good solid businesses like the food companies, the insurance companies. Actually tomorrow on a KSI around 8.40, I am coming out with four industry groups that we actually like that we think are good buys uh, going forward for the next, eh, probably next couple of years or so. So tune in to KSI uh, around 8.40 for my segment on investing and finance, which I do every other week uh, on KSI. All right, well, there's a closing bell. Thank you for listening to the Smart Investing Show. It is for information, informational purposes only and should not be used on investment advice. Let's discuss in more detail your investment needs. Have other investment questions? Feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information on investment tips, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Wilsey. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thomson Reuters. Closing song, my Way by Frank Sinatra is performed by local entertainer Roman Plasas. Have a great day. We'll talk more next week right here on The Smart Investing Show. And may I say, not in a shop. This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.